Hi, listeners. Before we get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, a decision that stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive health care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans, a decision that could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to podvoices.help, P-O-D-V-O-I-C-E-S dot help. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. Thank you. are a weekly new and era actual play podcast i will be your kind and gentle gm daniel anderlich with me today is stace babcock help i'm trapped daniel alone <laughs> yes there's nobody else here it's just stace <laughs> no one can save me <laughs> she's about to find out what happened to her castmates oh i haven't seen them in a while is this revenge for the editing closet yeah pretty much why we don't let you out so Listeners, again, we are doing another character session zero for campaign two. Once again, we will be using the sooth deck to handle any kind of resolution of what's going on. So there won't be any dice rolls or anything like that. You've probably listened to the last two episodes, which have also been character session zero. So you probably know the drill by now. Oh, God, the box is knocking again. <laughs> this week, like every week, we're supported by Die Hard Dice. Die Hard Dice is an online purveyor of metal and acrylic polyhedral dice for your TTRPG needs. They have high-quality dice of a variety of colors. Just go to their website, dieharddice.com, pick your favorite set, most beautiful set, maybe both, I don't know. And when you do, go to checkout and use our code, ExplorersWanted, and you get a 10% off your order. You're getting high-quality dice for a little bit cheaper, and you're helping to support the show. So, Die Hard Dice, Explorers Wanted, 10% off. All right. So, Stace, it's raining again in Lave. It's the kind of rain that sticks to your skin, almost like it's a little bit greasy. Ugh. You could be soaked, but right now you're a tear below the surface. So you just have to deal with the torrential downpour that is leaking through the seams up above as you move between the streets amongst other people that are hurrying back and forth in full clothing garb and trying to avoid the water. You encounter sheets of this rain pouring down, almost like a curtain across some alleys. It's night. There's very little light except for what's been lit up with the fungus lamps that are available down here. They're the cheapest way to get light in lathe. And as you wander between these alleys, and we see Esri Stonebreaker for the first time, what does Esri look like? Esri is fucking stacked. So she is... <laughs> 6'3", and just built like a refrigerator. So she's a tier down. Is she... I'm sorry, is she inside or outside? You are inside. Well, so you're on the streets. Okay. But being a tier down, you can't necessarily see the sky from here. Okay. You're essentially in the rock. But she would be masked up? For sure, you would be masked up. Okay. Yeah, she is carrying a large two-handed sledge. She's wearing a dark green 
clearly formerly military coat with everything removed and cut out. She's got a scratched and dented breastplate on over that. She's wearing a round rim steel helmet and just various other pieces of armor. She does have a gas mask. The left eye has a different lens, like it was replaced at some point. And that lens is a little darker. You can't quite see through it. Mm -hmm. And then in addition to her sled, she is carrying a short-barreled pneumatic shotgun. Hmm. Okay. And on a night like this, where this shitty, greasy, piss-smelling rain is falling down, where is Esri going? I want to say Esri is heading back to the hovel or house or wherever her little group of escapees is hiding. So she probably has some food or other supplies and she's heading back that way. How did Ezra get those supplies? But she's really big on stealing from the man. So I would imagine mm-hmm. that she broke into a storehouse or something like that. Okay. Something lightly guarded, right? Like nothing crazy and it snagged some supplies. Okay. So you are probably going to need to go at least a couple more tiers down. Do you take the lifts? Do you take the tunnels or do you take the stairs? The tunnels are what is exceedingly dangerous. The stairs are. The stairs are. So she'll take the tunnels. Okay. So you go down the tunnels. You've done this before. It's a way of moving. A lot of people are kind of superstitious about the tunnels. They're a practical way of getting around. But the tunnels in particular are something that people are a little skittish about because, well, this isn't the official history of the tunnels. The oral history of the tunnels is that these tunnels were here before Lathe was. And that something else dug them. Are they just, are they carved out of the stone? You can definitely see, like, whereas the rest of the area of Lathe, you can tell, was definitely broken apart by tools or maybe even, like, some sort of prior world technology to help construct this strange beehive of a subterranean portion of the city. Yeah. The tunnels themselves are, they almost look like something chewed through them. Ooh. And as you wander down them, there is some of that rain coming into them, not from above, but coming from the tiers where they connect. So there's like a small, almost stream running down the middle of these tunnels where this water is flowing. And as you're heading down there, you hear a voice up ahead. Ezri. It's a deep voice recognizable. You can see in the shadows in front of you two enormous individuals, a man and a woman, holding essentially like, they're not sledgehammers. These are more like proper war hammers. Take in the tunnels, eh? You know, you gotta pay a toll. Is this standard? Like, does she know that she has to pay a toll? These two are Marin and Kila. These are thugs. They will often randomly select a path, whether it's somewhere out of the sight of the police, so usually in the tunnels, and demand a toll for people to pass by. They're tough individuals, but they're an annoyance of life down here. Okay. She'll say, what are you asking for today? Well, what you got? You know I don't have anything. Come on. You're coming from the top. You've got something. Nothing for you. Well, we'll be the judge of that. Well, actually, though... You are skilled in social. Yes. So I think there is a chance to turn this around, but I'm going to draw a card. Okay. The vizier. Lurking in the shadows, the vizier controls from a distance. They do not sit upon a throne, but are instead the power behind that throne. 
The Vizier has secret agendas within agendas. Their smooth words manipulate everyone, even the ruler they supposedly serve. Someone is manipulating things behind the scenes, and that's almost certainly bad for the person in question. <laughs> one must look where the real power is, because this card turns suggests that isn't where one thinks it is. The Vizier can also mean that there is a way for one to manipulate the people involved in one's goals through careful words, clever words, coercion, or extortion. So, I think, tell me how you get these guys to let you pass. Ooh, clever words, coercion. You know you guys aren't that hard to find, right? Wouldn't it be much of a toll if we were hard to find it? That's true. It, it just seems to me like it would disrupt your workflow if the cops interrupted this little industry you have going on down here. Esri, Esri, have times changed so much that you'd be willing to rat out someone to the cops? People who prey on other people? Absolutely. They're still looking for you, you know. I know. I saw them putting up new posters this week. I look good. Kila looks at you and says, granted, you do. But the point is, we have a business to maintain here. This is how we get our food. Take your business elsewhere. It's not like you're getting it on an honest day's work. That's true, but I'm not stealing from... Is there a name for the people who live below? The Warrens, sort of referring to the place and the people at the same time. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So if you live in the Warrens, you're a Warren. I don't steal from the Warrens. Akilah sighs. Says, fuck it. It's a waste of time. Let her pass. Call it. Put in some good karma in our banks. You know you guys could use those weapons against more worthy targets. Yeah, but more worthy targets can afford to come looking for us afterwards. Not all of us are dumb enough to go and kill a magistrate. Oh, I didn't feel dumb when I did that. I felt angry, but with a certain clarity. Yeah, that's why you're going to end up dead before we will. You want to start a betting pool? Don't need to. We've already got bets placed elsewhere. And if you lose, hard for us to extract payment. That's true. How'd you bet? How long do you think I'll make it? I'm voting for another month, but that's only because Senator Fellow upped the reward for information yesterday. Oh, cool. How much? It's up to 100 shins now. What a compliment. I'll say... But I gotta warn you, Warren loyalty isn't gonna last much longer if she keeps upping that price. Not us, mind you. There's a lot of people down here. A lot of desperate people. Oh, I know. You be careful. I want you to last the two weeks. So... Keela here has you down for a few more days. Days? She just shrugs. All right, guys, it's been real. Esri will reach into her pack and pull out two packages of hardtack, hands them over and says, you guys could just ask nicely. Marin smiles and says... That's what I told her. She didn't believe me. And Keela, like, punches him in the shoulder. But they step aside to let you pass. All right. She moves past. You're down to the next tier, and you're making your way here. There's less of this water coming down. More of it is kind of getting caught up above. It's definitely chillier down here than usual. The storm is blowing in the sea winds through the opening to the staircases on the outer side. It's not close enough where you came down in the tunnels that you actually feel the wind, but can feel that it is chillier here than usual. Because even though the Warrens are mostly underground, and theory should be cooler, there's so many people living in these Warrens that they tend to be warm and humid. That makes sense. So as you come down to the next level, the tunnels are kind of unpredictable. The tunnels that you took brought you down two tiers before they opened up again. You come out into this third tier down and you can see that you know there are still people like wandering around a few of them are like being a little bit more nonchalant like they're still dressed 
covering skin, but they've got their masks a little looser. It's the time of night where people are probably drinking. And down here, away from the rain, people are feeling a little bit more free to do so, as long as they're cautious. As you wander by the inn, you can see one of your wanted posters tacked to the wall there. They had been starting to look rather shoddy, but this one's relatively new. This is just a random inn? Yeah, just a random inn. On the outside, it's been tacked there. Not like the inn itself put it up. Probably an official put it up. And, you know, as you wander past the poster, you can see that it quite clearly shows your name, Esri Stonebreaker, and a halfway decent drawing of your face. And it says, wanted for murder. She'll pull it off the board. Okay. So you pull it off the board. And as you're moving past it, I'm going to draw a card. Blind Guardian. The blind guardian watches over us like a protector. That's probably our Dora cards. Because of its blindness, it confronts all intruders equally, from the lowest vermin to the most powerful god, from the purest angel to the vilest demon. Its blindness also confers a calmness. Although it can represent a challenge arising before one can proceed, typically this card is a positive turn. Okay, so I think what happens is you tear it down, and stepping out of the shadows, like somebody was waiting there, somebody in the dark purples of the least force, and says, hey, that's official opening. And it's at that moment that a figure arises from the shadows and it brings a rock across the back of the officer's head, knocking him out. And stepping out of there is a woman from your little haven. What's her name? And what does she look like? Her name is Tibu. She's kind of short, a little bit plump. She's wearing like a pretty standard work clothes. I know that everything stays covered, so I don't know if they'd wear aprons. Because would you keep your outside clothes clean? I don't know. Matronly in appearance almost, though. Mm-hmm. You're getting sloppy, boss. You know, didn't expect to see a cop this far into the Warrens. Yeah, they've been asking after you a bunch down here. Foolish coming down here like that. Yeah, yeah, but I think uh, what with the upper rewards, some of the uh, cops are looking for something to pad their coffers as well as getting the attaboy that they usually get. Well, Ezra says as she grabs the feet of the cop and like pulls them deeper into whatever little alley is there and good equipment to use a uniform. All right, let's strip him. They strip him. They do leave the gas mask. Well, if the gas mask is of better quality than either Ezri or Tibu are wearing... They will probably take it. It is better quality, for sure. Okay. They take it. All right. So you take the gas mask, and, you know, he's laying there mostly naked. I'm sure you guys left him his underwear and whatnot. Absolutely. Don't want that. You also find a knife, a set of cuffs, and a cisk, one of those circular blades that can be thrown and retrieved. Got it. And the uniform. And tensions. Ooh, that'll help. Yeah. We'll have to send Yasmin out to spend it, though. Too many people to know our faces. Yep, some of us have more distinct faces than others. Yeah, that's for sure. We should probably go. Yeah, no, definitely time to go. Draw a card. The Compelling Voice. In a word or song, the Compelling Voice bids us to do something we might not do otherwise. It moves us, frightens us, appeals to our sense of reason. The domination or persuasion inherent in compelling voice can be used both by and against the person in question. It can be a warning to be aware of honeyed words, or that someone you trust or interact with is actually being controlled by someone else. Alternatively, it could mean that some persuasion to get you what you want or need. Ooh, 
I kind of have an idea, unless you have one. Okay, go ahead. I would say that she hesitates before leaving, comes back, ties the guard's hands and feet, and then tucks her wanted poster in the band of his underwear. Oh, that's good. And tosses him into the street or tunnel. Okay. The street or a tunnel? It is a tunnel or the warrens are like an open cavern more so. Yeah. Okay, so then into the into the street. And then she says, run. <laughs> As you guys run, you hear a few shouts that you just assume are surprised at somebody throwing somebody mostly naked tied up in the street. But then the shouts turn into screams of alarm. And you hear people yelling, mass, mass. Oh, shit. And sure enough, if you look back, you can see nearby the inn, there is a slow seeping of an almost maroon mist coming up from the ground. Slowly, it seems to be coming from one circle of ground and then sort of spreading through the air. Everybody's throwing on their masks. They're running to shelter. You know, some masks, if they're well-made, can withstand being in direct exposure for a period of time, but not all masks are that good. Depends on what people can afford. The gas reaches the cop, and even unconscious, he begins to scream. Ooh, been there. And you watch as he starts bucking and shaking in spasms until what you see is his flesh splitting. And what you see could probably only best be described as his skeleton decided to turn him inside out. So she'll pull out her pneumatic shotgun and she's going to try to shoot him in the head. Okay. The alchemist. Let's see. They seek transformation, better themselves to understanding. It can be a good omen if you're somebody who makes things. It suggests that there is more to a situation than previously understood, just as often she indicates drastic and sudden change, a new opportunity, a new person involved, or a new facet to a problem. And you shoot. Because he's still spasming, you miss his head. It hits a shoulder. And he has a moment to sit up in that face. Like the skull pushed out of the flesh of his face. His eyes dangling off to the side. And his mouth opens and screams one more time and says in an almost unholy voice like something that doesn't sound human anymore but their skull turns and looks directly at you and says they're coming for you they'll dig and dig until they find you and then it commences once again spasming and screaming he'll take the time to try to line up one more shot and if that doesn't hit she's outie this time you hit him okay. and he finally goes limp and silent but the gas is making its way towards you now Yep. So she and Tibu run off, I assume, to the little haven. Yeah. So you guys run off to the haven. And the haven itself is, it's like part building, part broken piece of the stone. Something that somebody could make mistake for like an abortive tunnel. But you know, slipping through this crack, that there's a path to a bit of abandoned building behind it, which is where your group hangs out. And as you approach, you, knowing what to do, communicate the signal to let the know the person that's on guard beyond that crack not to swing a hammer at your head as soon as you pass through. What's that signal? Ooh, there are like flashlights in this world, right? Or torches? Yeah, glow globes are really expensive. 
they're expensive in the same way that like it was in the steadfast same prices essentially the cheapest thing are like the fungal lanterns okay so i want to say that she has a small fungal lantern with a little door on it Mm -hmm. and so she just makes a a flash sequence Mm, okay this sequence just means like approaching gas no followers or whatever okay as you slip through the cracks who's on guard tonight Keith? Keith is one of the younger members of this little group, probably about 14 or so, holding a hammer. But, you know, surprise is Keith's advantage, not strength. Yeah. And as you come through, Keith is young, but Keith has been with your group for a while now and knows the drill. And as soon as he sees the signal, he knew that since you were saying there was no followers and you said gas, he is already like shifted his mask into place and he has moved over so that you guys can move a rock barrier into place as soon as you guys get through to close off the crack. Nice. So as you guys come through, he and Tivu move over to start moving the rock. You can help if you wish or not. Of course. She's big and strong. (laughs) She's excellent muscles. Yes. So with the three of you guys, you move it into place and you know for a fact that this rock was something both you and others worked a long time on. And the backside of this rock is carved such that when it goes through that crack in the stone that you guys came through, it will meet on the other side and look like contiguous wall. Nice. And then after you guys do that, you guys go into your enclave. And as you go through, there's this second like passage that you're aware of that has another stone that you guys move into place. Normally this is open but with gas it's better to have two seals than one. Yes. Because then they can play with the bouncing balls. (laughs) So you guys come in the enclave. What does it look like in here? So they've been here about nine months. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it's obviously like the ragged ends of a trash heap (laughs) in terms of where things came from. Okay. Not that the haven is a trash heap, but it's been cleaned and set up. Is this like a large cavern with a high ceiling or? The cavern itself, yes. Your enclave, probably no. Because you're you're having to be kind of hidden. Yeah. So the opening here is much narrower and probably should have been the roof of the building. Except the roof isn't there anymore. And it's just the stone of the upper part of the wall. Okay. Is they use the building though? It's It's sturdy? Yeah, the building itself is holding up. It's just that the roof in the section that you guys sort of come into the enclave really isn't there because the thing that made this building attractive to you is that it was one of the early designs where somebody had tried to like dig into the stone and push the building in that way and recess it a little bit. Over time, that became too expensive to build. And so people stopped doing that, didn't maintain them well, which is probably why the overall building was abandoned at some point. Okay, so you can see where there is, you know, different wood and construction materials that have been used to, like, shore up various places. As you walk in, the initial room is kind of filled with, like, the junk you'd expect in an abandoned home. But if you move through that, then you see that many of the interior walls have been taken out over time. I assume people taking scrap wood or things like that. And instead, there are curtains that sort of divided up into little rooms. But there's a large central area with a variety of broken chairs and cushions around a fire. And I would say that would be on the 
top level, right? If you're going to have a fire. So, because there's no roof. Yeah, yeah. So they pro- that's probably the one time that you guys might risk exposing yourselves in the main cavern as being there. Oh, this building looks out into the main cavern. It's just the entrance that is secret. Okay, so... Well, you have a secret entrance, and the building itself is of old design, so it was initially recessed yeah. a bit into the stone. But the the front-facing part of the building still sticks out like any other abandoned building. Okay, so no fire. But just sort of like a central area where it's kind of the hanging out space, right? Where people gather to eat and talk and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. But there is one particularly sturdy chair that has been reinforced. It's actually like got the parts of like three chairs, but it's big. And that's Esri's because she needs a big sturdy chair. Okay, I gotcha. As you enter, there is sort of a chorus of welcomes, like, boss! Hey! Welcome back! Told you not to call me boss. Well, okay, you can lie to yourself. (laughs) But, yeah, we were starting to get worried. You were supposed to be back a couple hours ago. Well, ran into our old friends, Marin and Keela, and then had a little... Oh, those guys. Yeah. They tried to shake me down again. Yeah, that's Keela for sure. I mean, she's my cousin, and she's always been a pain in the ass. Well, I gave him a couple stacks of hardtack, but tell your cousin that uh, Bowie's got room for a good hammer here if she wants to stop picking on the Warrens. I can, I guess. You don't want her to really, like, know about this place, though, right? I guess not. Okay. They're good fighters. I just wish they would point their hammers somewhere else. Yeah, but uh, not a whole lot to fight for, you know? Not yet. They roll their eyes and moan, like, this is the common thing with you. Like, (laughs) in your enclave, they're all into helping each other and keeping each other safe, this sort of group that you made. But Esri's dreams of, like, a larger conflict or something like that is something they're all used to. They roll their eyes. It's just, like, in their head, it's your quirk. (laughs) All right, all right. Well, your chef's ready for you. Rokar, he he repaired it again after you broke it last time. Thanks. He said that you need to drink less. No, first of all. (laughs) But please, please thank him, and when I see him, I will, for repairing that. Did have a little run-in with a cop also. Everybody stops. They freeze. That word cop. Yeah. uh, Down here in the Warrens, Tibu actually saved my ass. There's a few cheers of, Tibu! Yes. And she does sort of a theatrical bow. Then we stripped him, hogtied him. We, sorry, Tibu, I threw him in the street. And unfortunately, that's when the uh, gas happened, so... Had to put him out of his misery. So as you're telling that story, when you're talking about hog tying him, stripping him, like there's a bunch of grins, like people are getting ready to laugh at a punchline of a joke. And then you say gas and everybody's face goes just stone soap. Yep. Everybody knows the gas is not something to fuck around with. Damn. And my reward is up to 100 shins. So if I disappear for a while, I don't want to bring anything back here. So you know where to find me, though. Tivu grins at you says... A hundred shins? Wow. I might even turn you in myself. In the silence, she sees, she's like, I'm fucking kidding. Fucking kidding, Ezri. Of course I wouldn't turn you in. I'm more worried about our neighbors. Well, yeah, there's that. Do these guys have prices on their heads as well, though? Because they were escapees with her. They're the ones she rescued, so they were present. So this is actually interesting. There was some search for anybody involved in it. Because you were identified as the murderer, you're the only one they initially had a name to start with. Got it. Because you were a person of interest. When you guys 
had your riot from the workhouse. Up until that point, you guys were basically nobodies, but your name was known because of your parental situation. Yep. Size. Your size. Ability to break rocks. And magistrates, apparently. Yes. Easier than rocks, actually. Yeah. Breaking a magistrate. (laughs) Yeah. So there isn't really a bounty on these guys' heads. Okay. Or at least only the general sense. Like, all the bounties and publications have been very focused on you. And particularly, that has been spearheaded by Senator Fellows the most. Politicians. But I have supplies. And she'll drop her pack and set out what she has gathered. All right. So you set out the stuff. Everybody happily start gathering things together. And uh, Tufi said, uh, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah. Back with the gas. You looked more freaked out than usual before you shot that guy the second time. You didn't hear what he said? He was just screaming. He told me that they were coming for me and that they would dig and they would dig until they find me. Well, it sure sounded like he just said, ah. You didn't hear it? No. You okay? I don't like that. No. Um, I think I'm okay, but I don't like weird shit. Well, you're living in the wrong city for that. <laughs> you're right, but that was weirder than... No- I don't like weird shit pertaining to me. Then you're living the wrong life. And she just walks away. That's Tibu. All right. Good talk. Good talk. <laughs> Your chair is much sturdier than it was before. It doesn't creak and tilt? No. You don't remember exactly how you broke it the last time, but you remember it being more uneven last time. Yes. And, like, technically sturdy if you didn't shift around in the seat too much. So she was probably just, like, leaning over to reach for something and a leg snapped or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. You sit down and you guys have dinner. And other than that, the night seems to be nearing a sort of people start kind of moving off behind curtain areas to go to sleep. Okay. After everyone lays down to sleep, as we will check on the sentry, both at the front door of the building and back at the rock. Mm-hmm. Geith is still back at the rock, or rather the interior seal of the rock, because yeah. nobody's going to go out to the outer one. Because it's very unpredictable how long a gas mist will last. And how it'll spread, I imagine. People wait usually at least until the next day before they try bolting out wherever they're hiding. And the sentry at the main building has also pulled back into like a second or third, you know, set of... Because you guys have got... There's the parts of the abandoned building up front that you've probably mostly kept to look normal. And then there's the shit that you guys have modified farther back. So he's kind of pulled back at least a couple of walls while he stands guard. Okay. And then once that's complete, she'll... Well, so inside of the building, mm-hmm. everyone still wears their masks? People take off their mask in the building because you guys have got seals. Like, that's the other thing the watch is supposed to do is that if they notice any gas, I mean, there's always the risk that gas could show up. Yep. But that's why you never have everybody go to sleep at once so that somebody can warn you if it's coming up where you are. Okay. So I, I want to say, though, then when she takes off her mask inside, you see that she has short, dark hair. And her left eye, it's Zuko-like, but not flame that caused this burn. It's clearly a chemical burn. Like, there are, it looks bubbly and weird shiny. And her left eye, the white is a pale red. And it's always a little drippy. And clearly, that was from some sort of gas-related accident. Okay. So, seeing everything is 
in place, does Esri head to bed? Yes. Which is not an actual bed. Couldn't make a sturdy enough bed out of the materials available. She's just got like a pallet. Mm-hmm. We understand. You're very big. Yes, large. Yeah. So tall. <laughs> so as you settle in, you hear murmuring from the next curtain over. You know this is Yasmin's spot. Yasmin is a teenager, probably about 15. She's sweet. She looks adult enough that you can send her on sort of standard tasks. Because when she was part of the group initially, she was part of your initial group, but she was very young then. Yeah. So she looks very different now. But she seems to be murmuring again and again, they're looking for you. They're going to dig and dig until they find you. They're looking for you. They want you. Yasmin? They're going to dig and dig till they find you. They're looking for you. She'll go over and see see what's up. Yasmin is clearly asleep. She's got shoulder-length blonde hair, and she is currently like tossing and turning in her sleep, muttering, They're looking for you. They're going to dig and dig until they find you. Yasmin. Esri, they know your name. And then she jolts awake, and she's like, Oh, oh. Esri, what's wrong? You were talking in your sleep. Oh, was I? What were you dreaming about? Hard to remember. Um, I was talking to someone in the market. He had this weird, like, skull-painted mask. Yeah, he had just pulled it aside, and he was cute. And he was telling me something really important. I can't remember what it was now. You were saying my name, and you're saying that they would dig and dig and dig until they found me. That's weird. It is weird. Who'd dig around here? I don't know. Are you all right, though? Yeah, I'm just a little groggy. All right. Well, I'll let you get some sleep. Sweet dreams. You too. You too. And as you lay down to sleep, it doesn't take too long before you can hear, like, Yasmin's breathing slow. And then you hear her saying again in her sleep, They're come for you. They're going to dig and dig until they find you. And then the next bed over, you hear somebody murmuring, They're coming for you. They're going to dig and dig until they find you. And then another voice in another bed. They're coming for you. They're going to dig and dig until they find you. And then they all say, Esri, they know your name. And that's where we'll end this episode. Oh! (laughs) Oh, that's creepy, Daniel. Oh, that's creepy. I'm, I'm afeard. Oh, it's so cool, though. This world's so cool. Oh, man. It's going to be wild. It is. I've got so much stuff for you guys. Oh, it is. And entirely of your own making, so it can be so creepy, so weird. Yeah, yeah. So, listeners, this time we're off the books. We are in completely homebrewed territory in the Ninth World. Yes. Well, not completely homebrewed. There'll still be ciphers and artifacts and prior world ruins and all that fun stuff. The setting is homebrewed. Yes. So, what are you feeling like for uh, Esri's future? Man, I really do just like these session zeros because, like, when you go into, like, a first session, uh, these session zeros are where we play through the character. It just helps round out the character, give a little background, some of those connections. And I'm feeling pretty good. I I like what you came up with for the hideout. And the world just felt like it was alive. So, Esri, I think it'll be interesting to see her go from well hopefully staying alive but you know reluctant leader to to maybe building something more so very cool yeah i'm excited so am i and listeners next week we will be beginning campaign two in earnest the first session 
with all three characters. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. <laughs> Real quick here, I'm going to open the box again so Samson can tell us where people can find us. You can come to our website, explorerswanted.fm. On there, you'll see all our socials. On Twitter, we are at Explorers Wanted. On Instagram and Facebook, we are at Explorers Wanted Podcast. On Mastodon, we are at Explorers Wanted at Dice.Camp. But the best place to hang out with us is our Discord. ExplorersWanted.fm slash Discord will take you there. Also, if it is within your means and you're feeling generous, Patreon.com slash Explorers Wanted is a great place to support us. And if you could please use our Dice Philly code with Die Hard Dice, you get 10% off your order when you use Explorers Wanted at checkout. Please and thank you. If you want to reach out to us individually on social media, you can. You can find me on Macedon as Daniel at Anderlich, A-N-D-R-L-I-K dot org. You can find me on our Discord. I'm Stace Windu. All right, that's it for us. Hope you enjoyed this character session zero for Esri Stonebreaker. As I said before, we're going to be going into campaign two fully next week. Hope you have a wonderful day, afternoon, night, weekend, whenever you listen to this. And bye. Bye. I was like, I better pull my own weight on this buy. It's just the two of us.